Chapter one. I am really looking forward to the opportunity. Actually, I know you'll love hearing me say this. Spend a little bit of time on the verses that uh, we are at in Titus uh, chapter one, because it does deal with the matter of the pastor and bishop. And uh, let me just share real briefly why we're going to spend at least a little bit of time on this on this subject. Uh, it's interesting to me as I've been studying the passage once again and looking at the um, qualifications for a pastor, at least that's how it's looked at here, as well as the book of Timothy, which has in 1 Timothy chapter 3, I believe it is, uh, the qualifications as well for an, an elder, for a pastor, for a bishop. It's been interesting to me as I've looked at this passage specifically, though, that um, there are a lot of doctrines today that churches practice by how you can look at the things that we'll find. Uh, the church some things, they have elder rule. Uh, we would not agree with Baptist churches that have been moving to elder rule. And uh, there are things like that that are found in this passage actually cause some questions. Uh, I think they need to... So I'm looking forward to our opportunity to kind of dig in. I hope you don't mind that a little bit. Well, you see, you don't have a choice. You're just going to sit there and take it all anyway, all right? But I'm thankful we can dig in, at least find some answers. Some answers in the Word of God. Clarify some things. I not expect, because there are things that I've heard... I, and also, it's very, especially when you read the, the husband of one wife in six, uh, what does that mean? I'm talking about there, what does God say? Uh, these are all things that, um, that, quite frankly, I've heard varying ideas, even amongst fundamental independent Baptist believers. And so uh, we're going to seek to kind of uh, dig into these things, look at these things, and find some answers that, um, and, and maybe some, if you would, a little bit further information that will help you to uh, understand better why we the things that we believe and hold to. So, uh, with that, with that wonderful introduction, that was moving. It was like I have at least a story or something, but that, that is it. Actually, I did have a story, but I decided to just start it this way. And, uh, and give these young men <clears throat> some outlines to pass out. And uh, and let's look at verse 5 of Titus chapter 1, where uh, this kind of introduces what's to come. He says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no sugar, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And by the way, I don't think the, the thought ends there. It goes on to the end of the chapter, but for the sake of being able to dig into the first few verses and 
ask God to direct us tonight. Father, we need your help. We need your help to present that in a clear way to help uh, God's people the positions we hold, the things we believe, and the things we do. And I pray that that we find answers in the Word of God. How you in Jesus' name. Amen. If we're going to understand this passage, really, it does uh, because what we find in verse 5 is the plan restated. The plan restated. Paul introduces or Titus and he says, All right, look, I left you in Crete for a reason. And that to ordain, if you look in verse 5, that uh, you would or, uh, order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed. And then verse 6 starts to explain what an elder is supposed to be like, an elder is supposed to do. So the plan that's restated here, just to remind us again what's going on, is Titus was sent there, first of all, to bring order, to bring order to the church, which means... This word means to straighten further or to arrange. So the, the church needed to be arranged, if you would. And that doesn't mean the seats in the church either, okay? But disorder, obviously, there was confusion. Perhaps there wasn't confusion. It may be that Paul just didn't have the time in his missionary journeys to, to spend with this church and help establish all the things they needed to know in order for the church to be run properly. And they didn't. They couldn't take their Bible out and say, go to the pastoral, right? It was being written at that time. So they didn't have these things to guide them as far as, as to how it's just supposed to be run. Uh, same thing is true in the early church. I'll tell you, the reason, one of the reasons they met every day, execution, but another reason why is because they had a lot of things to learn. These men had been taught by Jesus Christ for a few years, and they had a lot of things to share with these people that they needed to know because, because get this, there was no manual. Okay? The manual was what they had been taught by Jesus. Uh, by the way, the rest of the New Testament, what we have to, before us today, was written about, within about 100 years or so, of the time of Christ, actually probably less than that, of the time of Jesus Christ, and it just laid out, these men were laying out what Jesus taught them. This is how the church is supposed to be run. They didn't have that. Can't follow the Old Testament because we're not under law anymore. So this is very important for us because it is establishing for the first time what to be done. And Titus was to go and just straighten things out, arrange things in the church and help them understand that this is what needs to be done next, and here's how things are supposed to be run, and here is what you're supposed to do in this situation. And it's not because they were rebellious, but because they just haven't been fully instructed. And by the way, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with someone being ignorant of truth. If they haven't had... There is someone being ignorant of truth 
when they've been and taken the time to grow and study in God's word. The case here is these were people that just hadn't been taught yet and didn't know. And so the part of that was going to include Titus teaching these people what an elder is, what to look for, how to find them. Because an elder was to be found where? At a Christian college. No, they didn't have any. All right? They weren't going to find it. And, and they weren't sending them from Jerusalem either. There was no presbytery. Excuse me, Presbyterians. There was just uh, there was just men who started churches, people who need to be instructed, and that's what he was going to do. And uh, if the pattern for choosing deacon was followed, Titus would have suggested people for this office, or he would have said, "These are the kind of men. Here's what we got to look for. Let's choose some out from the church now, and uh, and these men then will begin to lead, to bring to order, and then to ordain." to ordain. You say, oh, wow, so Titus was going to be with Brother Morris. You, you do remember that, don't you? We're going to lay. And, uh, and that, no, actually, this word uh, does not necessarily mean that. It's, uh, the, this word is defined as to designate or appoint. That's how it's used in the New Testament. Um, so he was to ordain, if you would, elders in every city. He was to designate or appoint people to take over, get this, authority. It's interesting, but when you look through the word, and I, I had never done it before that I recall. Uh, maybe I had, I probably forgot. Man, this is, it, is, it is great being I got to tell you, it's great being 60. It's an excuse for all sorts of forget, forgetfulness, you know. Well, I'm 60. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand why you don't remember anything. So, uh, so now I'm just a train of thought. I better get it straight. Uh, but, but it's interesting to see how this word, there we are back there, how this word is used in Scripture because uh, it's used in Matthew 24, 45 as uh, one that's been given authority in a household. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 10, the Bible says Joseph was made ruler in Egypt. Isn't that it? That word ruler, word that's used here. So here's what he was to do. He was to designate men. He was to, if you would, appoint men, take over the authority, the direction of a church. Now, because a lot of people don't um, Honestly, a of a Baptist uh, emphasized the matter of congregational rule. If you look at Scripture and you look at what the Bible teaches, it's really that the pastor is to direct the church. God's the choosing of the pastor, that seems to be the indication of Scripture and maybe a, a, a follow-up. And then that God gives that man the responsibility and he is appointed, if you would, to become the one who has authority over the household or to be, if you would, the ruler, like Joseph was chosen to do that. Most every example in Scripture of that word means someone is placed to take charge over something. And that is what God has designed. And this, by the way, is one of the false teachings and false ideas. And one of the things that even in fundamentalism, there's debate and discussion about. Some independent Baptist churches are deacon-run. 
Some independent Baptist churches are, sadly to say, elder-run, which I don't understand because we believe in the pastor and deacon, and nothing is said about, uh, you know, elder uh, rule in Baptist starting to do that today. Anyway, it's that they would take charge of the congregation. And there are many methods of church government, and many of them, they are said to be called from Scripture, and they might even refer to a passage like this. But the concept of church government is firmly in the camp of congregational chosen, pastor-led. we got the Catholic Church, and they have... They have, uh, you know, an amazing array of authorities headed by the Pope and people that you're supposed to listen to. And then fathers, which, by the way, Jesus Christ said, don't call anyone your father. What an amazing thing. So, so the Catholics have to, everyone call their, their, their pastor a father, and God said, don't call anyone your, your father in that sense. It's just an amazing thing, isn't it? And yet they claim to be the church that was started by God. Anyway, um, but that's true. There's a ruling body over Presbyterians. That's why they're called Presbyterians, because they have a presbytery. There is a ruling body of elders. And it's interesting. You can't find it in the Bible, but they say there are ruling elders and there are teaching elders. Granted, I don't know where they find that in the Bible, because an elder was to be a teacher. But that's where they. That's what they do, and that's how they rule their church. In our circles, we have, uh, again, sometimes deacon bodies making decisions. Um, some have elder rule, but um, this passage shares that the elder is to have oversight. And by the way, in the description given, one of the things that we find in the book of Timothy is that a pastor is to uh, rule, if you would, like he would in his home. Because he says, how can a pastor rule in the church if he can't take care of his own home, his own family, talking about children? So it's amazing to me to think that, that, um, that folks just don't accept what God clearly teaches in the Word of God. Um, this word, ordained, by the way, does not mean the laying on of hands. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, there's, man, there's a lot more I'd like to say about it. Like, ruling body sending pastors where they will. Because this is where I think, at least I would believe the Presbyterians and probably some other congregational churches that, that, or, or uh, churches that have like a hierarchy would find their support. Because look at Titus. Titus was here and he was supposed to appoint people uh, to take over the works. But, Understand this, and let me kind of explain it this way. First of all, there's nothing in Scripture, no place in Scripture where that is actually given. It's just that Titus did it and was told to do it. The other thing is they didn't have the Bible to guide them and to give them direction, so they needed someone to help them understand what was supposed to be happening. was supposed to work everything else. We're in the early stages of the church here, and so at the start of the church, the the apostles, without a doubt, and those who worked with them, those who were taught by them, had authority. Other things. You know, when Paul and Silas they went back to the church of Jerusalem, and they sat down with the elders, the pastors in the churches of Jerusalem, and they sat down with the apostles. And they do that. Because they didn't have the Old Testament. 
The only authority was, what do the apostles say? They were the ones who sat under the feet of Jesus. Do, do you understand that? This took place. It doesn't mean they're teaching that. And if it were teaching that, there's hierarchy sending men to different churches and appointing them to go to different places, then expect somewhere else in the Bible other than this passage where Paul did it with, with uh, Titus, we would expect somewhere the Bible to say, there should be a ro- ruling body that directs pastors to places, and yet there's nothing like that in Scripture. All we have in Scripture are about two offices in a church, and they are pastor and, and deacons. That's it. That's all you can find as far as, as far as positions, and we can, we can prove that. And now you say, well, pastor, where do you get the term pastor from? Well, we'll get there. Okay. But um, that would be the elder or the bishop, and as is found in this passage. All right, position, position revealed. So that's what the plan was. Here's the plan, Titus. All right, don't have Bibles yet. We don't have the word of God given to people, so we need to help them understand these truths, go set things in order in the church, get them to get men who are, are going to be able to lead this church, and then appoint those people to do that very thing. All right, there are many variations of church structure, but we got to be true to the Bible. So what does the Bible teach? Well, the position is spoken of here. It speaks of an elder. In every city, as I appointed thee, it speaks of elder. What's an elder? that was old, but it could have been someone that was old. And the reason why is because the term elder found in the New Testament is used in different ways. So actually, we have to go to a context to determine what it's talking about. By the way, that's when we come to a passage like James 5, they were to call If you're sick, you're called the elders. All right. Who are they talking about? You know, we could actually debate in different ways. It could be that they are to call the elder people, elder folks in the church, mature saints, to come. It could be. You say, well, that's not what it meant. Actually, the word is used interchangeably, and there's nothing in the script in that passage that says it can't be that. Uh, it could have been that they were to call. The, the pastor or the pastors that might happen to be in, in a congregation. Um, so throughout the New Testament, the words used various ways, and we have to be careful that we make sure that, that we are right in our interpretation or understanding of how it's being used. Let me share with you some of those ways. It's a term speaking of age. Just, and and I, yes, I know I told you I'm going to explain error and true doctrine we need to understand. Look in verse an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger as sisters with all purity. All right, elders referring to a man, elders referring to a woman in these verses. How is it being used there? 
I definitely, when I'm with any question at all, without any debate, it's dealing with a matter of age. It's not talking about pastors and then elder women, which, by the way, there ain't, there ain't such a thing as a pastor woman. Um, yeah, excuse the English, all right? But uh, it speaks of an elder, and it's a term sometimes speaking of age. In fact, there are many places, perhaps James 5, uh, specifically 1 Timothy chapter 5, there aren't many places, but just one who is uh, older, mature. See, I got to be careful that I don't say older. When I was younger, I, I but see, now I can say it. I can say old, and no one can blame me because I'm there. So there you go. All right. <laughs> the second way it's used is a term speaking of rank or office. Rank or office. In the Gospels, in the beginning of Acts, you'll see the term elders many times. Matthew, Mark, elders, the book of Acts, talking about elders. And almost without exception in the Gospels, when it's talking talking about the elders of Israel, who were they? They were men of renown. Jews, men of renown, had, if you would, oversight and responsibility. The Israelites. And so they were called of Israel. So it was referring to, if you would, a position of rank as far as in, in, in Jewish, the Jewish world or an office that they held, the elders of Israel. We have the scribes, we have the elders. Uh, And so these were men, again, that were given uh, ruling control in some ways, and they held position of prominence in Jewish life. They were greatly respected. Um, The elders in Israel were a ruling body, which made decisions, and they determined the direction in much of Jewish worship and practice. Now, in the book of Acts... It's interesting, there's a transition. We go from elders to elders of Israel and in, in the Jewish world, and beginning in Acts chapter 30, 1130, sorry, not Acts 30, because there's no Acts 30, but Acts 1130, most of the references of elder are dealing with someone given an office in the church to fill. So it's a position of rank or office. Now, I just want to state this as well. It's a term distinct from deacon. You say, why, why are you saying that? Um, a couple reasons. Not, not only because Titus chapter 1 isn't dealing with deacons. As we go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we learn the qualifications, we start with the bishop, who is, by the way, mentioned in Titus chapter 1, because the elder is the bishop. He deals with the bishop. And then he talks about deacons, and there's a distinction between the two. Look in Titus 1 here. He said, he's supposed to ordain what in verse 5? He's supposed to ordain elders, all right? Then in talking about the elder, he's continuing the thought. He starts in verse 7, and he says, for a what? Okay, because an elder is a bishop, one who has a rank or position in the church, Bishop, and find that in two different places in the New Testament. In First Timothy three, when he talks about a 
He says, for if any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. And then he just goes through the list. And then after that, he talks about a deacon. Now, it's interesting. A bishop is an elder, an elder is a bishop. Got that? Okay, so a, a bishop is a, and an elder is a, all right, that's true in Scripture. It's always true in Scripture. But a bishop and a deacon are not the same. Important. Yes. Okay, that just absolutely obliterates the idea of deacon rule. Deacons are not to rule the church. They're not. They're not given the oversight. Nowhere in Scripture are they given oversight. Pastor Mark Minnick in Greenville, South pastor of a rather large Baptist church, um, had elders. And when he was questioned about that fact a number of years ago, he just said this, well, my, we, we just call them elders, but my elders are really deacons. Well, let me tell you something. He, he, he was a very intelligent man, but he wasn't intelligent when it comes to this matter because elders are never called deacons in Scripture, and deacons are never called elders, and they're definitely separate, distinct, different things. So don't say they're just deacons because they aren't deacons. If you call them elders, they have a specific job. If you call them a deacon, they have a specific job. The Bible is very, very clear about that thing. And sadly, there's a lot of Baptists that are confused about that. We have a friend um, that in the past year or so, their Baptist church, the position of their deacons and that they were going to elect a ruling of body of elders because they thought that's what, felt that's what the church uh, was about. And so um, uh, this friend decided they were going to go to another church, and rightfully so. Because that's not what the Bible teaches. They are distinct. Elders are not deacons. Deacons are not elders. And it's proved, actually, uh, in, in 1 Peter 3 specifically, but in conjunction with this passage as well. So there you go. There you have it. Boy, I wish everyone would just listen to the Bible. We'd have, you know, solve a lot of problems. Uh, the elder is to rule. Um, and it's interesting. We had you in 1 Timothy 5. Go back there again, if you would. Timothy chapter 5. Because we said in verse 1, the term elders referring to what? Okay, age. In verse 2, it's referring to? Okay. Uh, no, it's not an office there. Right? In verses 1 and 2, it's referring to age. The elder women, the elder uh, men are to be treated as fathers. Verse 17. How is it used? What's that? It's an office. So in, in just very close proximity to what he is sharing, he, he expresses. And what are the elders to do there? This, this is so clear. All right, the elders are to rule. They're to have oversight. They are to oversee the work. Um, and, uh, uh, and then in verse 19, uh, again, what do, what do we have? Position. It's position because it's dealing with what 17 and 18 is continue of th continuation of thought. The reason why we know it's referring to position because it said against an elder, don't uh, a report. There's a pastor who is overseeing work is often going to be criticized. 
Sometimes there are going to be false accusations that are made about him. And it is the responsibility of the church to make sure that those things are not true. Let me tell you something. If, if someone make an accusation about me as your pastor, your responsibility as a church is to, if you would, investigate things and to make sure those things are not true. If they are, I'm to be held accountable by you. And by the way, when, when people say, well, the pastor, he's in charge, and we just, let him, we just let him be in charge. Well, there's a sense in which he's accountable to the church and to the people. And if he has done wrong, the church is supposed to hear that. Let me, see, I can, oh, man, there's so much to get off. Let me, let me share an example. Uh, Jack Hiles, ever hear the name before? Large church in Hammond, Indiana. God used him in a great way. Had, a, had an effective ministry. Um, thousands of young men have been trained. I think I would say thousands, at least hundreds, have been trained for the ministry in Ohio's Anderson College. Um, a number of years ago, was a different people. as far as activities, especially in regard to a secretary uh, that that. Secretary. Always uh, stated, uh, and he, he expected everyone to just that. But these actions were being made, were made in person, but they were made by numerous people. And there were things that were really questionable about what was going on. Um, and Dr. Hiles, when these things started to, uh, if you would, not I'm innocent. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, this lady is innocent. She hasn't done anything wrong. And, um, and, and the people I know involved in that, so let's not touch them. You just support me. And actually, around with these preachers, all over America, we're going for Mr. House. Look, it wasn't dealt with right. Pastor doesn't just get up and everything, there's no problem whatsoever. Of the church, if the church should have the guts to say, Pastor House, we respect you, we love you, but we need to hear this out as a church. And all the facts should have been brought before godly men in that church, and then they should have determined. And, and it truly might have been the case. The man is innocent. He has nothing wrong. We have no proof. There are not two or three witnesses that have observed anything, any impropriety as far as he, as far as he is concerned. The church should have. And had they done that, they would have followed God's pattern in 1 Timothy chapter 5. A lot of churches just don't understand. Yes, the pastor is the one who's to make decisions, but he's not God, and if he's blown it, he needs to be held accountable by the church, and he says that in this passage, and boy, I got off into 1 Timothy chapter 5, and I'm teaching on that now, but it is so important that we understand, this is how God has designed it. God hasn't designed for some guy to come up and say, bless God, you're going to do what I say. God has given a pastor a responsibility to oversee I think part of that is bringing people along, but also there are times where the pastors say, this is the direction we're going to go because it's right and it's found in the word of God. 
And he needs to have the character to do that in church. But when he has done that which is wrong, the church is to hear things out. They are to make a determination. If he's guilty, he is to be rebuked before all. I am not above church discipline, nor is anyone else in this church above church discipline. Because that's how God designed it. And that's how the church is supposed to run. Sadly, a lot of people just understand God very clearly laid out in Scripture for us to understand. So uh, it speaks of an elder, and then it speaks of a bishop. And by the way, let's go back to that in Titus chapter 1. We already mentioned the fact that a bishop is an elder and an elder is a bishop. All right? Okay, verse 5, verse 7. In verse 7, that word bishop means superintendent. And this is great, okay? We already told you that he's supposed to rule, he's supposed to oversee. That's because that's what this word means. He's an overseer. He's to take oversight. Three times we're told distinctly the connection between elder and bishop. Here in this passage, you can write this down if you want to look it up, Acts 20, 28. In 1 Peter 5, 2. So an elder is a bishop, and a bishop is a elder. All the time in Scripture, when it's talking about a position, an office, that's what is being taught. Um, now, you, you might say, why do we call men pastors? That's a good question. In the two other references where elders and bishops are united, that would be Acts 20, 28, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2, the Bible says in both of those passages that the elders or the bishops are to feed the church of God. That is the job of a pastor. By the way, my, my job is to do what I'm doing tonight. Help you understand, if you would, to feed you the truth about how a church is supposed to be run and what's supposed to take place. That's my responsibility, is feed the church of God. That is the job of the bishop, it's the job of the elder. There is no place in Scripture where we have an elder that just rules and he doesn't teach. He's supposed to feed. The word used there is poimen in the Greek. You say, wow, that's impressive. Okay, no, it's, it's what you can find in Strong's, all right? So you shouldn't be that impressed. The word poimen means to shepherd. The elder or bishop is to shepherd or feed the flock of God. That's his responsibility. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. The pastor is the elder, the bishop, is to shepherd the sheep. He's to feed the flock. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, he talks about different men he's given to the church, right? What do we find first? Verse 11. We've got apostles, then we have prophets, which, by the way, we don't have anymore. Why? What? We have the Bible. Okay, we need a prophets. Here's the truth. There were situations that come up in the church, and God would give to men in the church, if you would, and they would be able to stand up and say, God wants us to do this in this situation. Prophets. It's kind of weird to think about, isn't it? Why? Here's why. Because there were congregations that couldn't get to Jerusalem and talk to the apostles. Paul had started a church and he left and he went on. They didn't have answers. And God gave men 
ability to discern and have God give them wisdom and direction so that they could know the right thing to do. And God's spirit gave them that direction. We don't need prophets anymore. We don't have apostles anymore because uh, apostles had to be uh, alive during and, and in and uh, if you would hear the ministry and teaching of Jesus Christ. There's only one exception to that. And who is it? All right, Paul. And, uh, and, and you say, well, well, Paul wasn't, so how could he be called an apostle? Because Paul went to Arabia, and for two years, he was taught by Jesus Christ himself. And I would say he was taught exactly the same thing that Jesus taught the apostles. He was one that was born out of due time, he called himself, because it was very unusual for someone to be able to be called himself an apostle who had not been under the ministry and teaching of Jesus Christ himself. So we never heard those things before. I'm sure some of you have. But this is important for us to understand. So we have apostles, we have prophets. We don't have those either any longer. Then we have evangelists. And by the way, a church that doesn't have evangelists come is a church that's not following God. I don't care what they want to say about it. They need to have, you should have, those who have the gift of evangelism. The evangelist that's talked about in Scripture. And then we have some... And what's the next word there? Pastors and many uh, tell us that those two were, were given in tandem with one another. So the pastor was the teacher, the teacher was the pastor. It's the pastor-teacher, if you will. The word pastor, found in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, is the word poimen. Shepherd. Talked about in Acts chapter 20. First Peter chapter 5, the elder, the bishop, is to point, shepherd, is to pastor. We just use that term today. Quite honestly, if you call me elder, I'll feel really uncomfortable. And I'll be mad. I'll think you're just calling me old. No, really, because we just, we don't use that term, but that's not because the term is wrong. It's not because it's evil. You don't call me bishop, and I'm thankful you don't. But that's because we don't use the term today. But it is a biblical term to say pastor. And it is right. Because the job, in fact, the main responsibility of a pastor is to feed the shepherd the flock. Um, and a, shep a shepherd is an elder, is a bishop. And a bishop is an elder and a shepherd. And an elder is a bishop and a shepherd. And I think I got all those right. But if I didn't, well... You'll have to correct me later. Um, but this is, this is a truth that, yes, you say, Pastor, you, you got off on a rabbit trail. Not really. I got off on something that people don't understand. And sadly, a lot of churches just don't get it. And we need to understand why we do what we do. And we need to make sure that we're true to the Word of God. So I hope that the time we spent is something that at least has, maybe it's firmed some things up in your mind. Maybe not. But I hope it... It, uh, it will be something you understand clearly and know then why we do what we do and why we have a pastor at this church and why I seek to oversee the work. Not because I like to lord it over people, not because I like to tell people what to do. Quite honestly, I'd rather not do that. But God has given someone the responsibility of rule. And, um, and it, it, the truth is, it doesn't work when a bunch of people try to rule. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never has. That's why in the home, God said the father is to rule. 
That's why God said, uh, in, every th- in every institution God established, he established authority. It's an amazing thing. You say, why? Because it doesn't work when a bunch of people are making their own decisions or when a bunch of people try to make decisions. It just doesn't work. Someone has to oversee. And that's what God tells us. And we're going to look at the person next time we have opportunity. I've taken more time than I should have taken because we're going to have the Lord's Supper. But we're going to take care of that in good order, aren't we? And so I'm going to ask the men, if they would, to come right at this time.